Hello, my friends. Kenny Stevens here, and welcome to Rookie Real Estate, where your road to success begins right here and right now. Whether you're looking to transition from your day job to your dream job, or you're on the road to your first 50 transactions, success is in the details, my friends, and we're going to unpack the fundamental principles required for you to thrive. Are you ready? Let's do this. Friends, is it just me or are we starting to feel like family? We are six months into this almost and analytics tell us that we have reached an all-time high of consistent listeners week after week. All seven of you guys listen, no matter what the topic is, tuning in every Monday morning. We appreciate that. So if anything, we're consistent, all seven of you. All right, one of our new listeners, six out of the seven or one out of the seven, Kathy from Little Rock writes, I love your podcast. I'm taking my real estate class in two weeks or in a few weeks. I'm super excited and your podcast is adding to my excitement. I left a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you, Kathy, for the kind words and the five-star review. She said that a realtor friend of hers named Amanda had recommended a rookie real estate tour. So special thanks to Amanda as well. My friends, this is how we change the odds in our industry, how we keep 90% from failing. This is how we make our industry stronger. And thank you for your love and for sharing rookie real estate all the way to Arkansas. So that is awesome. All right, guys, we are diving back into our buyers series. We're laying it all on the line for you, building a process where you can thrive, where you can turn this hobby actually into a profession where you're making money. The only way that happens is if you do make some money, if you get a deal closed, if you can serve a family in their real estate needs. So let's get started. Now, nobody panic. But I've actually invited an attorney to join us today. Don't worry. I think he's one of the good guys. But it does kind of make me feel like I'm sitting next to the principal. Please help me welcome Ben Seaman from Bell and Alexander Title Service. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> welcome, Ben. Thanks, Kenny. Not sure I've had an introduction like that, but... <laughs> I promise you're not in trouble. Well, you know, 13 years in law enforcement, there's good attorneys and there's bad attorneys, kind of how we categorize them, the defense and the public defender. And, you know, you always get a little sweat underneath the armpits when attorney walks by or brushes up against you. So in your case, you're a real estate attorney. It's not necessarily, I shouldn't be nervous, but I'm just going off of history here. And sometimes you can't change history. So thanks for coming in, Ben. I appreciate it. I, I really am looking forward to this and looking forward to talking all things real estate and title. Yep. So guys, then we are elbow deep into a buyer's series where I'm systematically walking through the buying process from capturing a buyer all the way to getting them to closing. And with that being said, we can't get that done responsibly without getting a title company such as yours involved in the process. Now, before I 
I ask you to vomit everything you know all over the seven faithful listeners we have, I want to give you a little street cred. All right, my friends, Ben graduated from Lipscomb University and attended law school at the University of Memphis. Ben has closed over a thousand transactions and is a beast in his industry, and that's why we work with his company at Bell and Alexander and with him. Ben also comes to our office once a quarter and sometimes even more often than that to teach our agents all they need to know about different aspects of real estate and the service he provides. Things like 1031 exchanges and uh, foreclosures and short sales and REOs and FSBOs and land easements, HPRs, investors setting up LLCs, tenants in common, tenants entirety, 10 care releases, probate procedures when sellers die, and so much more. Last but not least, yesterday he was it was his son's first birthday. He is a father and is all in when it comes to his family. All right, Ben, you got 28 more minutes to preach and teach everything you know about real estate. Go. All right, let's get started. <laughs> no, no pressure there. Well, I, I do appreciate Ben coming in. There's things that we know in our industry that we're good at, and there's other things that we have to bring professionals like Ben in to teach us so that we can have at least an understanding. I know we call you. There's 30 of us, and we call you all the time. Ben gives us his cell number. Might have regretted that. Uh, and we call them all the time and go, Ben, what about this? Ben, what about that? So let's just start with the basics today because that's who we're talking to. That's our audience. And let's dive in with start with what is title insurance and why do we need it? Okay, so that's actually one of the most common questions I get at the closing table. And um, it's, it's interesting because when you think about title insurance, most people don't understand exactly what it is, right. but it's very important and it happens on every single real estate transaction just about. And so um, a couple of a couple of things about it. So most people understand home insurance and car insurance and medical insurance and life insurance. All of which are very painful. Yes, and, and people, but people can understand those things. They can understand, well, what happens if I get in a car accident or what happens if I have to go to the doctor or what happens if I die? They can understand these things because they're things that happen in the future and there's been movies made about them. Well, right. Hollywood has yet to come out with the title insurance movie yet. Um, nobody really cares that much or about watching a movie about unreleased mortgages or... Uh, it sounds like a blockbuster in the making. Exactly. And so people just don't really get what we do and why it's important. But uh, from the bare basics of it, title insurance is insurance that protects an owner of a piece of property against any title defects against that property when they later go to sell the property. So just to kind of break that down into plain English, if you, Kenny, are selling me a home for $200,000 and I purchased that home from you, I need to know that you can sell it to me, that you own it right. and that you can sell it and that when I purchase it, I will later be able to sell it because I own it. And the only way to truly do that is to have a title search done to make sure that I, when I buy the property from you, get free unencumbered title to the property. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into that and we'll talk into more details as we go. But the, the, the bare basics is I need to be able to be insured that I own the property and can later sell it. And the only way to do that is through title insurance. Well, what we often forget is that even in a new construction, that house was built 
on a piece of dirt that was owned by somebody who may have have owned by somebody else prior to that family. And sometimes it's generationally handed down, but even still people die and they pass it down to family members and wills and all that stuff. So knowing that you really do own it and that you as a title company are taking the risk and proving that it is free and clear that when you buy it, it is yours. I kid around about this American dream. We get to buy a piece of the American dream, and that's the greatest thing about our country. And what Ben does is actually protects the American dream of what you're purchasing. I mean, you're like the Statue of Liberty here. You're like the beacon of light uh, in the darkness because it really, if somebody took and snatched what you bought and you paid for and you worked hard for, that's in essence what you're protecting against. Maybe not the Statue of Liberty. I might have gone a little too far there, but that's that's in essence peace of mind is what title insurance is giving you. And, and in a way, you're right because I talked about those other types of insurance that people understand. Well, those are protecting against future occurrences where title insurance is a little bit different is we're actually protecting against future damages that are caused by things that have happened to a piece of property in the past. So if you own a piece of property and you're selling it to me, but you ended up encumbering that property with all kinds of liens, a lien against property runs with the land. It goes with the property. And even if you sell it to me and I buy it, I'm I'm going to inherit those liens that you created on that property. And so that's a bad thing for me, and that's why a title insurance policy ensures that if something like that unfortunately was to happen and I was to inherit those liens that you created, well, then I'm covered with that policy. But that's why title companies do the title search and they make sure that those liens get cleared at closing. So breaking down just a little bit more and going a little bit off script here, when you talk about liens, if I go buy an air air conditioner and I finance that or I, I say, hey, go ahead and install it. I'm going to pay you. And then they and then I don't pay that company. That company has got an ability to come after me by placing through the court a lien. Right. right that's exactly right. Or if you get sued, um, if, if you have credit card debt and your credit card company sues you and they get a judgment and they record that judgment in the county where the property is located, all of a sudden that judgment becomes a lien on title. I see those every single week okay. on, on files that come across my desk. Um, another another common one is what's called a mechanics and materialman's lien. You, you talked earlier about new construction and, and why do you need a title insurance for, for new construction. New construction, we, we find a lot of liens on new construction properties because you think about it, these contractors that are building these homes, they have subcontractors. And if somebody, a subcontractor gets, if they get failed to get paid, they can put a lien down against that property. And so it's really important, no matter if it's new construction or you know any type of home that's that's previously been built, it, it there needs to be a title search before closing. Absolutely. So I, I, as real estate professionals, uh, we meet with a family. I always talk about bringing them into a buyer's presentation, tell them about all the the good, bad, and the ugly, and how we can we can see red flags and we try to protect against things. Guys, if we don't have a relationship with a title company such as Ben and Bella and Alexander and wherever you are and you're located, then this. American dream become an American nightmare if these steps aren't taken. So, Ben, how much does title insurance cost and who normally pays for that? And this that may be you got to consider we're we're talking nationwide here. Uh so kind of help me help me 
Sure. And this is something that's different state by state and right. even county by county within the states. Um, and so I'm going to talk in sort of general terms and sort of our local area here in Middle Tennessee. And this is with a caveat that if you're in another state listening, you probably want to talk to your title attorney who um, who you work with. And if you don't have one, you probably should work on finding um, somebody in your area and they'd love to talk to you and explain uh, more about this. But sort of here in the Middle Tennessee area, title insurance, um, the, the premiums are set by the underwriters, which are national companies. And they will set the um, they will set the premiums based on really two factors, and that is the price of the home and the county in which the property is located. Okay, well that sounds simple enough. So I, I for a while I, I'd been taught a formula years ago when I first got in real estate because people are like, "How much is title insurance?" And I'm like, "It's a number of thousands times six, add 150, and that gives you a good." But really, what you guys have done, and a lot of title companies I'm sure have now, is there's a calculator on their website. Literally, I go in there, I plug in where it's at, what it costs, and then bam, I've got a very good solid number that I can give them. And give or take, in our county here, most of the time the seller pays for title. But I was working with an investor. He goes, everywhere I've ever bought a house, anywhere in the U.S., I've been the one to pay title. So that does differentiate, and you can find that out locally. And it's not a guarantee even here in Tennessee. There's times where you know we get multiple offer situations. I ask my buyer to pay for title because I want this offer to look better. So that that is flexible. And that's where, as an agent, you can differentiate yourself b- between other agents if you have a working knowledge of how title insurance premiums work, because it can help you when you're negotiating a contract to know what exactly that number is. And you mentioned that we have a calculator on our website. You can actually um, pull it up on your phone as well. And uh, it's, it's you know one of those things that if you can learn how to use that, it can actually help you when you're, when you're negotiating a contract because who pays for title is negotiated and you can make a stronger offer by offering to pay. Um, but then you can also help represent your client by trying to get the other side to pay for it as well if you're trying to save your client um, some money at the closing table. Yeah, just to give you a decent idea, like a you know two hundred and fifty thousand dollar house could be fifteen hundred dollars, but like yesterday we closed a eight hundred and forty three thousand dollar house was thirty three hundred dollars or something like that. So that's why you need to know that number. There's a big difference between fifteen hundred and thirty three hundred whenever your client or the other side is having to pay for that transaction. So really a calculator, knowing that, understanding that, and then using that to your advantage. Even if you're a seller's agent and there's multiple offers, counter back and have the other side pay for title. You just pay, you just saved your client $3,300 and that will be noticed in their net and good attorneys like yourself always point that out in the meantime as well. So the other thing Kenny is it's really important to have a good relationship with your title attorney because there's often um, some discounts that can be built into that title premium based on how long the seller has owned the property and if they have a previous title insurance policy that that they got when they purchased the property. Um, and that, again, differs from underwriter to underwriter from state to state. But if you have a good relationship with your attorney, they can help you find those discounts, which again comes back on you because then you can show your client here's how I saved you $300 on this transaction um, because I was able to get you reissue credit um, based on knowing these things that other agents may not know. Absolutely. So what are the risks you've seen when somebody chooses not 
to get a title policy on a home that they purchased. Now, we as realtors, we need to suggest it and recommend it every single time, but ultimately they get to choose as the buyer whether or not they want the title. So what are some of the risks that you've seen? I'm sure you've got a myriad of stories, but just a, a couple of things that concern you the most. Well, uh, you know, we'll talk and, and tell stories, I'm sure, today of some things that I've seen. But, you know, every single day I, I've pretty much got files that come across my desk that have title issues and problems that we are trying to what we call cure. Um, so if a, if a property has a title defect, uh, whether it be a, a previous judgment against a previous owner of the property or an unreleased mortgage um, that the mortgage company failed to release, um, or some sort of federal tax lien or state tax lien or a UCC lien, which is your example earlier, if you, if you buy that air conditioner but you fail to pay for it, or a mechanics lien, something like that. You know, I, I'm constantly seeing those come across my desk and we're having to cure them. The, the other thing is sometimes we have true title issues. And what I mean by that is we, we maybe have a break in the chain of title, which means a common example of that is, say a property has been inherited by somebody and then that person um, who inherited the property is now trying to sell it. Well, if they inherited it, but there was also another heir or another beneficiary that also had an interest in that property right. when the true owner passed away and that person fails to sign the deed over, then all of a sudden we have a break in chain and we have to go back and try to find ways to cure that. Um, and there are multiple ways uh, of doing that. And that's sort of where my areas of expertise come in and trying to cure deals because it, ultimately what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get a file in a position where the buyer can take free, unencumbered, fee simple title, and that's when we can close, and that's when everybody can get paid. Right, well we have one in Clarksville not too long ago where uh, the previous title company had actually messed something up and something was left out, a signature hadn't been gotten on a document. You jump in the car, you drive over an hour away, you track down the previous owners, which thankfully still lived in that area. You went and found them, had them sign the document, and it kept my deal from dying. And guys, that's not uncommon for Ben to do. It doesn't happen on every single file, but you got to have somebody willing to jump in and do that. Now, yeah, on that one, I actually remember what happened. There was two tracks of land that the sellers owned back in the 90s. And when they signed over the deed to the current seller, they only signed over one tract and the, the, the previous title company had inadvertently only put one tract on the deed. And so what we had to do was draft a quick claim deed for the previous sellers who owned it, I think a decade ago or two ago on, um, they had to sign over a quick claim deed on that, on that second tract in order for your seller to have full ownership of the property. And we were able to cure that. And there's all kinds of things. I had one yesterday that um, came across my desk where the, the property going back to the 70s multiple title companies had just passed along a legal description that's actually faulty and when we plugged in the meets and bounds to our software the property didn't uh, properly close and so a property has to close um, and otherwise you would you yeah, don't all know boundaries what you're need to touch right. all yes, boundaries yes, have uh -huh. to touch and so <laughs> um, and so we, we found that yesterday and so now we're, we're working on fixing that as well yeah, see, it's the things like that we have no idea as realtors. And really, it's not our job to know. It's our job to connect with somebody that can get that down. Now, considering that we're speaking to either brand new agents or agents on the road to their first 50 transactions, as you heard me say in the opener, how does one go about finding and building a relationship with a title company, a good title company in their area? Well, I think there's a lot of things 
there to unpack. You know, when I meet with agents, I think it's a I think it's a two way street. I, I want to make sure the agent is a right fit for my company, and I think that agent should be interviewing me to make sure that that my company is a right fit for their practice. And so there's a lot of things that, that you want to consider when you're talking to a title company. Um, and that again is going to vary from state to state. You know, in Tennessee, you don't have to have an attorney. Um, to work at the title company, um, a lot of states require attorneys uh, with their with their title agencies. In Tennessee, you don't have to have that. So I think that's an important question to ask: is you know, if there's a problem, who's going to be able to cure that problem to solve that problem? And you know, they they may come back and say, well, we send everything through underwriters, and that's okay. It just generally takes a little bit longer than if they have an in-house attorney who can cure those issues. So that's a good thing to ask, guys. If you if you're starting to interview title companies, go. Do you have attorneys on staff that actually do the title process? And you've got a processor that was assigned to you. They so we I know I can call Daniel if you don't answer, and Daniel's in the process can update me on the file. But something you mentioned that's also critical that we don't think about as realtors because we get a little self-absorbed in our world, especially when we start becoming producers, is what do you look for when you're looking for a quality realtor to build a relationship with? So it's not just us interviewing you. It's also you. You mentioned they have to meet some standards as well. So what are you looking for there? Sure. I mean, obviously, there's there's the things I only want to work with people that are honest and, and have integrity. Um, but then I also want to work with people that are hustlers that that grind and, and go out there and, and really work. I don't want to spend a lot of time uh, meeting with and training a real estate agent who who doesn't actually want to go out there and, and produce deals and build their practice. And, and, and new agents, it takes time. I work with a lot of new agents and it takes a lot of time to build a practice where you're doing a lot of volume in real estate, but if you're really working hard at it, it's going to come. And those are the people that I want to work with. The people that I can tell are the people that are going to get out there and work hard. And then the last thing is really important to me. I won't work with an agent who uh, who's disrespectful to anybody on my staff. Um, and so if if people are rude or disrespectful to the people that work in my office, that's a that's a deal breaker for me. Absolutely. I have mentioned, if not one time, a million times on this podcast, regulating emotions, our own emotions, the other side's emotions, our buyers, our sellers' emotions, our vendors' emotions, making sure that we are the consummate professional throughout the whole process. You know, you, you said there's a training process. I mentioned in introducing you, you come to our office. Now, luckily, you're getting 25, 30 agents at one time, so you're getting the biggest bang for your buck here, but there's so many levels to what you do, and we're just talking about general today, and we'll hopefully, if, if none of our subscribers like quit listening after today, I'll have you back, and we can dive into a couple of these maybe over the uh, the next year or so and trying to get a little bit of information, but like 1031 exchanges, I had a, 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 a guy call me and say, hey, I've got 16 properties. I need to liquidate them. I'm buying a farm in West Tennessee, and I've got, you know, it's $3.3 million worth of properties, but they're in a 10 31 exchange and i'm like no problem i knew i had certain number of days to get them sold i had to identify the properties but i called you and i was like okay just remind me so that i'm up to date again because even though i had been taught it's something that i didn't deal with on a daily basis and i wanted to make sure and i had somebody to jump in there and and give me that information so let's uh let's get a little bit uh talking about can you give me 
you know, rookie mistakes that you see brand new agents, newer agents that might be subject to that we can help minimize today by just laying out a few of them. What are some things that you see that brand new agents tend to do, you know, without knowing they're doing it? Okay, so one of the mistakes, Kenny, that I see quite often is just overall sloppiness in contract work. Um, and what I mean when I say contract work is uh, a purchase and sale agreement often will have um, a lot of different documents that go with it. And so it's, it's really important to stay organized and keep all of those documents. And essentially anything that is a legal document that's binding on the parties, that needs to get sent to the title company. And that's another area that I see a lot of uh, rookie real estate agents, they make the mistake of not sending that document, that contract to me immediately. And the problem with that is, let, let's say you go under contract to uh, with one of your clients in the month of May and it's set for a June 30th closing. Well, if you forget to send it to the title company until June 15th, let's say, then all of a sudden that puts a lot of uh, time pressure on me because I have to, as soon as I get that contract, I have to order a title search, which takes time to come back in. And once the title search comes in, like we talked about, there can be a, a lot of different issues on a title report that have to get cured. And that all takes time to do. And we can't get to the closing table until we have all of the title issues cured. Because again, the buyer has to take unencumbered fee simple ownership of that property free of any liens. And in order to get there, sometimes that takes time. Well, we don't want to be the, the reason that something has to get delayed. There's a hundred ways that closings don't happen. And we as realtors don't want to be that. And you as the title attorney, I mean, you take the hit because the realtor didn't get you the, the contract in time. And, you know, you're not one to throw a realtor under the bus. But also, I mean, at the same time, come on, man, help a brother out. You know, something about, you know, you know, giving advice. I hear it a lot from the other side. Talk about giving advice. We as realtors that you've seen. Well, you have to be really careful as a real estate agent and knowing what your role in the transaction is. You know, in Tennessee, we have something called the Tennessee Association of Realtors, and they've created some form purchase agreements. And you're really, as a real estate agent, you are facilitating a transaction where parties are entering into a legally binding contract that has rights and obligations for both parties. And when you are facilitating that, you're really just filling in blanks for terms. However, a lot of real estate agents will will get going on that and they'll go a little bit too far. And what I mean by that is I'll sometimes see contracts with five, six, seven counter offers and special stipulations where there's just paragraphs of of terms where where real estate agents have created these these elaborate provisions in these contracts, and they're basically putting on an attorney hat and trying to play attorney without actually consulting an attorney about that. The best phone calls I take, Kenny, are the ones, I took one last week from a real estate agent at eight o'clock at night, and she said, hey Ben, I've got a client, I wanna do a three-way conversation because the client has a question about one of the terms in the TAR document, and I don't feel comfortable giving advice to her on the term. Do you mind taking that call? Absolutely. I'll take that call any day All of the week. All day long. Because right. I do not want any agent that works with me to ever feel like they need to give legal advice um, when that is my job. And it's the same thing for me. You know, I, when I go and sell a house or buy a house, I don't know how to run comps or list anything on the MLS. That's not what I do. So I hire a real estate agent to do that for me. And I expect real estate partners that I work with to come to me for the legal advice. So in simple, stay in your lane. 
Don't give legal advice. Don't be an attorney. Call the attorney because that's what they're licensed. And you got insurance and all that stuff that protects you in doing what's right. Not to mention the fact that you've been through several years of school to be able to uh, dive into this and break things apart. So you mentioned earlier that uh, as soon as the contracts are signed, you want that. That was one of my questions. But once you receive that contract, everything's signed, it's bound, uh, the document process is going. Give me a 500-foot view of what happens in your office when you get that contract so we can have an idea of really what you're doing over the next four to six weeks to get this done. Okay, so that's a great question. A lot of people don't understand all of the different roles a title agency plays. And again, this is going to differ slightly from state to state and from really from title agency to title agency. But I'll just give you an example of what happens at my title agency from the time uh, we receive a contract from the real estate agent. Uh, what I will do is I will send that contract over to our department that um, orders the title searches. And then we have a network of searchers throughout Tennessee that we contract out who are trained professional title searchers. And they will go through and do a full public records and search against the buyer and seller to make sure that they're searching names and also public records against the property. And that comes back and it's something that I know how to read and I can go through and determine what issues, if any, we have on that piece of property. So anyway, that usually general turnaround time is about three to five days on a title search, but that can also vary on the county of the uh, of where it's being searched and also the time of year. Springtime typically is a, is a busy time of year, so searchers can get backed up a little bit. But when that search comes back, then my staff will immediately go to work on clearing any title issues. And sometimes um, those are difficult things, but just about every property has a title issue that has to be cleared because most people buy property by getting a mortgage and that mortgage has to get paid off. A lot of properties will be located inside a homeowners association. And we have to get a, a payoff letter statement of account from the homeowners association. Um, taxes generally, um, you know, sometimes they won't have been paid. But even if they have been paid, we have to prorate those taxes at closing. So my staff begins to go to work on clearing the the typical day-to-day -day things that we see on a piece of property. And then they come to me when they have something that is out of the ordinary or that it's going to be a little bit more difficult to clear. And then the next step in the process, Kenny, a lot of people don't know this, but the title agency actually works with the lender if there is a lender in the transaction or if the title agency is representing the seller only, they will often work with the other title company who's representing the buyer who is working with the lender. So there's this web of communication between title agencies and lender and real estate agents and clients, and it's all going on to try and get all of the numbers, all of those costs and credits for the transaction onto what we call a settlement statement. Lenders call it a closing disclosure. And uh, once those numbers go on there, it all has to get approved. And there's often multiple versions that have to be revised before closing. So a normal, easier process was to give it to you immediately. So that way you've got that four to six weeks to be able to get it done. I've actually turned over a uh, client came in, said, I want to pay cash. I want to close next Friday. And you turn to the title company, you go, hey, next Friday is closing. And you, know, you guys drop everything you're doing. And hopefully, if, if it, you can get it cleared up by time, you can close sometimes as quick as a week if you absolutely have to. It, it really depends on the circumstances. Um, I've had clients come in and it, it's the, hey, we've got a cash offer. Can you close in two days? And, and it's like, well, let me, let me literally drop everything we're doing. <laughs> 
Yeah, like you will, didn't have four hundred other closings. And, and we will on. try and make that happen. And I and I'm, I'm I love you know I love doing that because you know if we can close it, it helps everybody. And so um, it, it's a challenge for me. But what what we do is we just order a rush search and we try to reach out to one of our searchers who we know can do it quickly and um, and, and efficiently. We need we need an accurate search, and so they'll they'll go and do a full search on the property, and they'll put it at the front of the line, and then they'll get it back to us. And then it really is sort of out of my hands from that point because if the search comes back and it's clean, then yes, we can we can we can right. go. But if it comes back and there's title issues that have to be cured, well, sometimes that takes time, um, and we have to get you know other people involved. And if that happens, it, it can get delayed. But if it's a clean title search, we can we can turn it on very quickly on a cash deal. Well, which actually also drives in the fact that the relationship that you have with your title company, guys. If you'll hear this when I say, if I go to Ben and I go and we however many a month we close with with Ben's company, it's a whole lot. Uh, And I say, I need this right now. You know, having that relationship and a give and take respect for each other gets that done. That's why you want to interview and talk and find out what kind of company they are and also find out if they have the heart of a teacher. Find out if, you know, Ben does a really good job for all of our agents to speak highly of the agent closing with the client. Like, man, you got a great client. They just saved you 30%, $300. It's things like that that you can't buy. It's a relationship that's built and it's a win-win for all parties. You know, I like to tell a lot of agents that I meet with, if you don't have your title attorney's cell phone number and can text them and get a response back in a very reasonable amount of time, if you don't have that, you're probably missing out on on something uh, that you could really affect your practice as a real estate agent. Um, a lot of the mistakes I see real estate agents make throughout Middle Tennessee is they just use the title the title company that's most convenient, maybe the one that's next to their office or that their broker recommends, but they never establish an actual relationship between themselves and the person who's going to be working on their file and who's going to be helping their clients. And that's a missed opportunity for agents. You should be reaching out, getting a relationship with your title attorney. Uh, I give you an example. Yesterday, I have a, a client who's a real estate agent, and he texted me um, after I was driving back from a closing yesterday afternoon, and it was uh, a, a legal question, and so I immediately um, called him and we we talked through it. But he needed an answer right then and right there because he had multiple offers coming in on a piece of property, right. and he needed to be able to move quickly because it was a cash transaction, and they're trying to close this very quickly. It's a piece of land that he's had listed for quite a while, and um, real simple question, but he, he needed a legal answer on it, and so I, I called him back right away, and that's just the sort of thing that's going to help him and has helped him. He's he's within his first three years as an agent, and he's gone from, from doing no deals a month to now he's doing three or four deals a month, and he's comfortable with me, and he only uses me because he knows that he can get me on the phone quickly, and then I'm going to bend over backwards to make sure that we clear any issues with his files. And that loyalty goes both ways. I mean, it's a reciprocal relationship where everybody wins. Ben knows that he's going to get all this guy's deals. This guy knows that Ben's going to drop what he's doing when he has to and come through in a clutch moment. Information is power, but what I like to say, correct information is power. So, Ben, this this last question I want to ask you, it, it's I do it on every one of my interviews. This answer doesn't have to be related to your field, but if you could say anything to brand new agents in the industry all across the nation, what would that be? So I think that a good analogy for a real estate agent, 
I use this when I talk to people and when I talk to real estate agents is a real estate agent is sort of like a Swiss army knife. And if you know what I'm talking about, um, it's, it's those knives that have all of the different tools attached. And so the primary function of a real estate agent may be to help a client buy or sell real property. And that's great. So that's the knife portion of the knife. But there's so many other things that a real estate agent does. There's so many tools that you have. And I think it's really important for an agent to be able to add value to their Swiss Army knife by adding knowledge of things like title or lending or home inspections and putting people in your practice. Because what you're really doing as a real estate agent is you're building a small business where you have different subcontractors that you're putting clients in touch with. And and those people ultimately come back on you and they affect your referrals. So if you're not putting uh, your clients in front of a good title attorney, you're just missing out on an opportunity and um, you may be great at negotiating contracts, but if you can't put them with good people around them, it's going to make for uh, an unsuccessful transaction a lot of the times. And then that ultimately comes back for you and you may not get a referral from that client. And so I think it's really important as a new agent, you may start off as one of those really thin Swiss Army knives with just one or two tools besides the knife. Well, as you grow and you do this for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, all of a sudden you become one of those really thick uh, Swiss Army knives and you've got 15, 20 different tools and you know how to connect people and then clients then start coming back to you for things that aren't even related to real estate, but that's okay because you get those continual conversations with the past clients that you're trying to build clients for life. Well, and you're becoming the source of information for your clients and providing value for them. And that's what creates residual referrals and and repeat business. And here at DeSalm, 67% of our business is uh, past clients or past client referrals, which is so strong. And, and really, we're proud of that number. So my friends, you have come to expect the very best on this podcast. And as you've heard today, this was a good solid C plus interview. I'm just saying, thank you, Ben. It was a good solid C plus. And actually, I'm just kidding. Uh, you've clearly heard from the best today. Ben, I've got to say, buddy, uh, you did an amazing job and clearly you have a face for radio. You really do for a podcast. You're meant for this. You're a natural. Is this your first podcast? I I believe I was thinking about this one. I think this is my first podcast. I love it. I love it. I'm glad I could be your first. That's it for today, my friends. Please feel free to email me any questions you might have. I can pass those along to Ben as well. It's Kenny at RookieRealEstate.com. I'd also appreciate a five-star review and any positive comments you can leave. That's how we get the word out and therefore make an impact in our industry better by you doing that so that other people can learn. Special thanks to Scott Parker, my producer, my friend, and my podcast master, Rookie Real Estate is brought to you by the Sounds Real Estate in Franklin, Tennessee, where our vision is to be an empowering partner, bringing agents, clients, and communities home. Simply put, we bring you home. Until next week, my friends, better your best.